You're listening to My HR Buzz, brought to you by My HR Concierge. Hosted by Chris Cooley, we'll bring you various topics and guests to shed light on the often confusing world of HR and also employee screening. We'll be putting the human in human resources. I want to thank you for joining My HR Buzz, the podcast today. Uh, today, we've got uh, Bill Galt with Nippus, Healy, and Galt. Uh, Bill has about 35 years experience in, in management, labor, and employment law. I know we've worked with Bill for, you know, we've been here, we've been in business 11 years, and we've worked with Bill for all 11 of those, and, uh, and he's been a great resource, and I know he'll be a great, uh, great resource for you as we talk about this COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, we want to talk about, from an employer's perspective today, exactly what are your rights? What can you require? And, and Bill, I really appreciate you joining us. Certainly, Chris. I appreciate you having me. Well, you know, as we think about uh, the the COVID pandemic, uh, obviously we've we've been you know it's been going on I guess since since February or March of last year. Uh, we have the vaccine that's beginning to roll out. Uh, I know it's really beginning to uh, be distributed to our our, our elderly uh, citizens as well as our first responders, and you know it's going to start really getting more prolific and to where everybody has access. And so as that occurs, uh, what is an employer's uh, responsibility there? Or what, is their, what are their risks as far as requiring their employees to get that vaccine? Sure. Uh, on uh, December 16th of uh, 2020, uh, the EEOC, in anticipation of the rollout of the, uh, and the availability of the vaccine, came out with some guidance. And the big question uh, that a lot of employers were having and are are still having is whether uh, there are any laws that prohibit employers from requiring or having a mandatory vaccination requirement and showing proof of that, uh, of having been vaccinated. And from that, you flow the uh, the uh, risk issues that that you refer to. Uh, the the EEOC says that yes, you can mandate employees to have the vaccine, but there are a couple of key caveats in that. One is under the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, if an employee says that they don't want or can't be the uh, uh, vaccinated due to uh, health concerns or health issues. And the other primary caveat carved out by the EEOC is where under Title VII, employees say that because of their religious beliefs, they cannot uh, uh, be vaccinated. So those are the two primary risks uh, in, that come that come out of the EEOC guidance on December 12, 2020. And this guidance is available if you go to the EEOC website, you can access that guidance. But we'll we'll cover the uh, the important points uh, during our podcast today. Okay, thank you. And so, so we can require it. So, you know, as I as I think about that. Um, what are the risks of an employer? Uh, we know that if they, they can require it and they have some risks, as you mentioned, uh, what are the risks that they don't require it? What are the risks that uh, an employee gets sick uh, and that employer has not required the vaccination? 
Uh, are there recourses that that employee has against that employer? Have we gone far enough down the road yet to really know that and understand that? Or, or what should an employer think about as they're making that decision on whether to require it or not require it? Uh, there are uh, potential risks of not requiring it uh, that are on the horizon. As you point out, they, it's early in this process. Uh, these risks um, have not, uh, for the most part, uh, um, had time to work, work their way through the uh, court system. Those risks are primarily, uh, if you don't require it, are you creating a an unsafe work environment for your employees and that gives rise to claims that employer has failed to uh, maintain a safe uh, work environment for its employees the there are some uh, osha uh, considerations with regard to occupational diseases and hazards in the workplace where employees do not mandate or require uh, the vaccine to maintain a, uh, a safe work environment. And thirdly, some of these cases have actually materialized since uh, the February, March 2020 timeframe when the virus uh, became so prevalent in the United States is potential workers' compensation liability, where an employee claims that they that he or she contact uh, contracted the uh, the uh, COVID nineteen infection from a coworker, and that gives rise to a, a workers' compensation claim for uh, an occupational disease that has uh, that is work related and and that they suffered a work related injury as a result of contracting the COVID nineteen uh, virus at work. So essentially, we're kind of damned if we do and damned if we don't. <laughs> it's kind of what it sounds like a little bit. We've got risk on both sides. Sure, sure we do. And um, I have uh, a, a personal opinion on, on how to, uh, uh, and from from a, from a legal standpoint as well, from what I recommend employers to do, I think the risk is it, when you get into a mandatory vaccination requirement and you have certain employees, whether it's because of the Americans with Disabilities Act or whether it's because of uh, sincerely uh, held religious beliefs or just because they, they don't want to get uh, vaccinated, uh, you uh, employers are going to have to do a, an analysis of uh, of uh, each individual situation or an individualized assessment as the EEOC guidance uh, styles it uh, to determine whether that employee's refusal to get vaccinated poses a direct threat to the workplace. And then if, if it does pose a direct threat to the workplace, then the second prong of the analysis is, is there a reasonable com accommodation that the employer can implement that will, uh, will address that direct threat? And reasonable accommodations uh, are far ranging. 
for example, uh, uh, can you uh, can you erect barriers? Uh, you, I'm sure we've all seen the plexiglass type shields in uh, in uh, grocery stores and convenience stores. Uh, can uh, uh, a, a mask mandate uh, in the workplace uh, constitute a reasonable accommodation to uh, to eliminate the direct threat? Uh, social uh, social or workplace distancing, and then you get into um, the more aggressive uh, accommodations, flexible work schedules where employees may not be around other employees as much, teleworking or remote or working remotely from home. So you have to go through all of this this analysis, the direct threat, is there a reasonable accommodation? And then thirdly, you uh, if there's no reasonable accommodation, then the employee can be excluded from the workplace. Notice I didn't say terminated, I said excluded because the EEOC in its guidance uh, specifically uses that terminology. Only, only uh, uh, after you have exhausted this, this assessment and this analysis can the employee be be excluded and then possibly ultimately terminated from the employment relationship? So to summarize all of that, uh, when you're faced with having to uh, go through the ADA and the uh, Title VII religious accommodation considerations, the direct threat analysis, it is my opinion that the risk is is greater to the legal liability risk is greater to employers who have a mandatory policy rather than taking the approach that we strongly encourage our employees to uh, get the vaccination and let them do it on a voluntary basis and that uh, by doing that, that uh, that provides a huge exception to the um, to uh, a, a it, it provides a huge uh, advantage uh, and safe haven, if you will, to uh, employers. Um, contrast that with uh, being sued as a result of failing to have a mandatory vaccination policy, where you uh, are potentially subject to uh, to OSHA claims, uh, uh, unsafe working uh, environment claims, and uh, workers' comp claims. No, I think that uh, I think that makes sense. And, and you know, anytime as an employer, we require something to be put into another person or an employee's body. I think it just it just create creates all kinds of risks. So I I, I agree with you. And so. If we, so as an employer, let's say I'm going to encourage it, I'm not going to mandate it. What I am going to do is I want to uh, maybe talk with a, a local pharmacy or a local doctor or whoever that may be and give our employees an option to get the vaccine, but we'll let them go into the break room and do that, right? We're going to bring somebody in, they'll line them up and, and we'll provide that vaccination uh, what are what are my risks as an employer in being involved in that process, even if it's something as simple as just saying, 
here's, here's a resource that you can use and I'll, and you can come do that within our break room on, you know, on a certain day at a certain time. Sure. That's a, a very good question. Uh, my belief, um, both personal and legal is that the more involved that the employer becomes in contracting with third parties or bringing uh, uh, these uh, these organizations or individuals on site to administer the vaccine, the more exposure to liability. And that flows primarily because there are some pre-screening questions, health-related questions, that employees have to answer uh, before being vaccinated. And if the employer or its agent is asking those questions, then you've got to undertake another analysis to determine whether those questions are are job-related and uh, it uh, and it ultimately exposes uh, the employer uh, to to additional liability. Contrast that to the scenario where employers say, "Okay, we strongly recommend you go you going out and getting the vaccine. You do it voluntarily, but we strongly strongly encourage it, and let the employee do that on their own." then uh, the employer is removed from any health-related inquiries, any pre-screening questions. So the safest course of action, uh, in in my opinion, is to, uh, even though it's a a good uh, uh, benefit, uh, it it makes things easy for the employees if uh, the employer has arranged someone to come on site, but at, at the end of the analysis, I think that the uh, it exposes the employer to some unnecessary risk. Okay. Well, if so, if an employer does recommend uh, versus mandate, what should there are there policies that they should have in place? Is that through a? Uh, do you feel that should be done through a written policy, is, or is that more of an oral, where maybe you? have a team meeting and you, and you tell them that you, you know, you, you do recommend them to get the vaccine. What's your, what's the best way for an employer to do that? One, to communicate it, but also two, to protect themselves, uh, you know, as part of that process. Sure. Uh, a, a written policy on this is, is, is not required. Uh, it, it doesn't, by the same token, it doesn't hurt to have a, uh, a memorandum to employees, a written uh, 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 notice to employees that we strongly encourage you to uh, to uh, to get vaccinated uh, to uh, to make uh, to protect yourself as well as uh, as your coworkers. Uh, and uh, as as far as um, as requiring uh, proof of that vac- uh, of the vaccination. Uh, that doesn't uh, implicate any uh, any uh, legal exposure if you uh, read the EEOC guidance. Uh, you can require the employee to go out on a voluntarily voluntary basis and obtain the vaccine and bring back proof of that uh, of the vaccination to the employee. Okay, and so 
if, and, and that's a good point. And just, you know, one thing that made me think about as we talk about requiring a, an employee to come back and tell me uh, and give me proof of that vaccination. If, if they don't, if we, if we, we're not requiring it, we're just strongly recommending it. And we have employees that are just saying, I don't want the vaccine. I guess that falls back to maybe what you were saying a little earlier. I mean, at that point, does an employer have the option to say, if you're not going to get the vaccine, I want you to telework from home if, if they're able to do that. Or does that have, and I've actually gotten this question before, does that give the employer the opportunity to say, you know, you didn't get the vaccine. Um, I can't have you in my office uh, because, we, because of the risk. Uh, you can't telework. So what I'm going to need you to do is, is go home and maybe they take advantage of their paid time off. Or if they don't have paid time off, maybe it's unpaid. How does that work when it's not mandated? It's just strongly recommended. Another, another good point. Uh, my, my, or another good question. My advice in that regard is that uh, your strong employers are strongly recommending, but they're not uh, mandating. An employee uh, doesn't provide a um, a proof of uh, vaccination. Then the employee, uh, the employer rather, under the EEOC guidance, has to go back through the same uh, individualized assessment. Does that employee pose a direct threat to the workplace? Is there a reasonable accommodation, such as you just mentioned, uh, taking a re- working remotely or uh, taking uh, some PTO and uh, and if there is no re- reasonable accommodation, then the employer can uh, can exclude the employee the employee from the workplace, and ultimately make the decision whether to terminate that employment relationship. But you you get into uh, a bit of a quandary there because on one hand you're saying we aren't mandating, but then when they don't bring proof of their vaccine vaccination to you then you're you're considering uh the uh the the possibility of of a termination or exclusion from the workplace so there's a bit of a conflict in taking that position and then not uh and not having a uh, a mandatory policy okay yeah it it does get tricky and and to your point i guess it just kind of you even though it's not a mandate, you're still going to have to roll back through that whole assessment process, uh, which, Absolutely. which I know that can be, uh, that can be tricky. And I also, um, you know, so if they go through that assessment, is there guidance in that, that the, maybe the Department of Labor provides or the CDC provides uh, to where I know we work with a lot of smaller businesses uh, so that they can have some guidance on how to do that or how should that work or maybe where they get that guidance? Yeah, there is some guidance uh, if you fare through the uh, the 30 or so pages of the EEOC's uh, uh, December uh, 16, 2020 publication. But essentially, when you are um, doing an individualized assessment uh, in regard to the first prong, direct threat, 
you look at the uh, dur- uh, duration of the risk, the nature and severity of the potential harm to the workplace, and the uh, the likelihood that the uh, uh, that the potential harm will occur, and the the imminence of the of the potential harm. Those are the four factors that uh, that the uh, EESC set out in its um, its um, its analysis, and uh, and the EESC stated that a conclusion that a direct uh, threat would would include a, a determination that the unvaccinated individual will expose others in the workplace to the to the virus. So that's ultimately what your direct threat analysis is going to have to conclude. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to, you're going to expose uh, other workers in the workplace to the virus. And then, uh, then you, you go to the, uh, to the, uh, the second uh, uh, prong of the analysis, which is, is there a reasonable accommodation? And the uh, EESC uh, instructs, employers to rely on uh, CDC guidelines, uh, to rely on uh, OSHA uh, memoranda and, and guidelines, and and then uh, when determining whether uh, there there is an, uh, is a reasonable accommodation that uh, that can be provided to so as to not have to exclude the employee from the workplace or terminate the employment relationship. Okay. And so as they're going through that process, uh, is that something that, that, you know, someone like yourself could help them with if they've got, as they're trying to ferret through that, through that, um, issue, is that something that, that maybe you could help them with? Sure. Myself, uh, uh, you all, uh, from a, uh, HR, uh, human resource standpoint, uh, certainly. And, uh, and I, and I'm sure you, as I have uh, received these calls, uh, and and when employers are considering whether to have a mandatory vaccine uh, vaccine uh, policy or requirement, that's great. And and I really appreciate uh, you you helping us today and 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 walking us through what I think is going to be a very significant um, decision point for a lot of these employers. And so, how if, if someone did want to get in contact with you, how do they how do they do that? Sure, um, my uh, office phone is 601-952-2592, extension one one zero. And my name again is Bill Galt. That's G A U L T. Great. Well, Bill, again, I really appreciate it. You've been a great uh, resource for us and friend of ours for a long time, and. Really appreciate appreciate you jumping on, and we we really look forward to having you on, uh, you know, again in the future. Certainly appreciate you having me, Chris. Thank you. Absolutely, and I want to thank everyone that's listened to this podcast. Uh, if you do have questions for us, you're welcome to to contact me as well. It's eight five 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 three eight six nine four seven extension one zero eight, or you can email me at ccooley at myhrconcierge.com. dot 